0: Hey everyone. Welcome to another episode of Momming with Maya. I'm your host, Tamaya Griffin, and our topic today will be about loss regarding infertility and miscarriage. But before we jump in and introduce our guest speaker, I just wanted to put the disclaimer out there again to consult with your care provider before you make any decisions or assume anything based off of anything that you might hear on today's episode or any of our episodes throughout this pregnancy and parenting series. As a reminder, all of our bodies, our pregnancies, and babies are different, so we all want you to be safe. Um, so again, please consult with your healthcare provider um, if you have any concerns after this episode, questions, or comments. Um So before I let our guest speaker introduce herself, I just want to thank her for her willingness to be a part of this series and sharing her story. Um, We met each other through work, um, but our relationship has gone way beyond that. And I'm so blessed to call her a friend. Um, And we have similar organizations, regarding mommies so um, I'm honored that we are able to partner together with certain things so I'm really excited to have her on this episode and I know you all will be blessed by it so without further ado please come on and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about um, any organizations that you might be part of um, and your organization itself.
1: Uh, thank you so much, Tamaya, for such a nice welcome. I'm so glad to be here tonight, um, and thank you for giving me this time, and thank you for creating this platform to allow me to kind of use my voice for a great cause. Um, again, my name is Gerlene Pierre. Um, a little bit about myself. I am currently a stay-at-home mom. I'm a first-time mom, you know, brand new mom to a beautiful uh, seven-month-old uh, baby girl. Um, and I, you know, while I'm at home caring for my baby, I do a lot of work um, with my non profit profit um, that I established uh, about a year ago. Um, I do a lot of work with migrant families, um, uh, immigrant families, um, providing support services, helping with access to um, support services, and also um, really bring awareness around social determinants of health. Um, under my organization LAMP, which is called Latin Americans for Medical Progress, I also have Mama Shine, um, which is kind of like the very similar platform that you have with your organization, really reaching out to, um, pregnant and postpartum mom and creating a space, um, where they can grow and thrive and really share, um, day-to-day experiences and really build on, um, having a connection um, where they can communicate with other moms and um, really address um, important issues that we're facing currently in our country when it comes to um, black infant mortality and um, black mortality maternal mortality rates Um, So these are some of the things that I'm doing currently. Um, And also I recently became a postpartum doula, which I'm super excited about. And I know you are a doula as well. And I kind of think, I like to think that I kind of followed your footsteps (laughs) um, when it came to uh, making that decision. So I'm really excited about that new chapter and really hoping that it will really open doors, open many doors. Um, So I'm excited about that. Um, and overall, just in my experience, I'm a maternal and child health activist. You know, it's what I believe in. It's my passion. Um, I've been working in maternal and child health for over 10 years from northern Jersey, central Jersey, now south Jersey. Um, so pretty progress across the state. And I really want to expand um abroad, you know, reaching places like the Caribbean and um South America, Latin America, you know, so that's the big vision that I uh, hope that I can really um uh, make an impact um that way. Um yeah, so that's pretty much a little bit about me. Um where I, I currently live here uh, in South Jersey with my husband. We live in Camden County. Um, you know um, you know and we just day to day just enjoying being new parents you know it's a bit of a uh, it's a a new thing for the both of us but we're excited enjoying um our newest blessing um and as i will share tonight you know it's it's been a long road you know so we are extremely in a place of gratitude and we feel truly blessed to be parents
0: Thank you so much for that. Mm-hmm. And congratulations on becoming a postpartum doula. I mean, I just had a quick flashback. Mm-hmm. The day that I found out that I was going to my doula training, I saw you mm-hmm. and I told you about mm-hmm. it. And the whole flashback just happened right now. I mm-hmm. so to see it um come full circle. Right. Um, I'm just so happy for that moment. And I can't believe your daughter is seven months already. Know, Time is so crazy. <laughs> It is. Yes, it is. Um, but just to jump right in, mm-hmm. um, again, thank you for um your willingness to share. Um, but please just tell us about your journey and um Pretty much how we ended up here.
1: Um. Well, when I when you reached out to me a uh, few months back, and um, I've been actually I've been excited about your your podcast Mama Ming, and I've listened to um, a few of your episodes, and I was so amazed. And I just want to congratulate you for this great thing, this awesome thing that you're doing, uh, because you are making a micro impact even though you may not see it, yeah. you are and um <laughs> and when I listened to it and then when you reached out to me I was just like hoping I'm like I hope she acts you know <laughs> you know um because I knew you know if you were to ask me to be a part of um your podcast one day this is what I wanted to share you know because um I feel like I have to share this story because there's so many um it's miscarriage and loss and infertility, it's kind of taboo, you know, in our, you know, in our community. And that, you know, mindset can really bring this dark cloud, this gray cloud into any woman who is experiencing this. And it shouldn't be, it's, it should be something that we should freely be able to talk about because it will remove the shame, you know, it will remove that feeling kind of like a black sheep, you know? Right. These are things that happened, that's been happening from the beginning of time. And, and it's hard for us to talk about it. And I told myself, you know, um, that I want to, you know, talk to women about this. You know, I want to share my story so that it can propel them and give them the courage and let them know that you know, I'm I was there. You know, I know what you're feeling. You know, I want them. We I want to be relatable. You know, because you could, it could be a very lonely space um, when you're in that space of dealing with infertility and um, that space of dealing with miscarriages and losses. Um, so it was important to me, and I feel like it's God's plan for me to share this story. You know, I feel like what I experienced over the years, it was not it was supposed to happen. You know, God wanted it to happen and um and it what happened was for my good and it what happened was to help someone else and to give them hope, you know? Um so that's why I wanted to come tonight and really truly share my story and um, I want to put this disclaimer out there that um, is, this could be very triggering, you know, and that's just honest talk. This this is, very, uh, is a very sensitive topic um, and it could, you know, really um, be very touchy when it comes to um, certain things that I'm going to share today. So if you are a woman who, um, or even a male who has a wife who experienced this, um, just want to let you know that this is um, very sensitive. Um, This could be very triggering, you know? Um, So I just want to let that know because I want to be completely transparent. It's important for me to be completely transparent about sharing my story. So I just wanted to put that out there.
0: Thank you for that I mean everything that you said is so true we do not hear especially in the black community any conversation I mean I can't even say little I mean I don't I rarely hear any conversation surrounding loss miscarriage and fertility um, at all until you know it happens to someone and then then the conversation happens so I definitely think um, preventative conversations and just informing ourselves on um different kinds of loss and different reasons that loss might happen um is definitely a a start that that we need to I mean I guess start doing it and not waiting for it to happen um so again I'm just super grateful um for this conversation um
1: with you okay thank you well like um so to begin with you know my story starts with you know getting married you know and living that amazing you know my husband and I we got married um, uh, fall 2012 the infamous fall 2012 Sandy happened <laughs> <laughs> um, so we got married in 2012 it was you know and we had beautiful you know our beautiful marriage you know Um, just always had a plan, you know, get married, you know, focus on our careers, um, you know, and definitely, as soon as we got married, we definitely wanted to have children. We didn't want, we gave ourselves like a few months, gave us some time to kind of enjoy that honeymooning time and, you know, some time for ourselves. But um, it wasn't that long after that, we decided that we wanted to have children right away. You know, we wanted to expand our family. Um, so we decided that as soon as we got married in 2012, that we wanted to have children. And, you know, I thought, you know, it, it just never, I just thought it was just going to happen. You know, like I never had, you know, I always went to the doctor for preventative women's check, um, health checks. And um, everything was always, you um, I was always healthy. Everything we always checked out well. I always exercised. I took my vitamins, prenatal vitamins, you know, um, eating healthy, you know. So I was doing all these great things to just make sure that, you know, I had um, just a healthy mind, healthy, just an overall good health to prepare and um, conceive a child. Um, so it was kind of surprising that it was taking so long um for it to happen you know so in the beginning you know i just kind of like let god take its course let nature take its course you know it will happen um when god said it'll happen you know give it to god you know so i it, those were my biggest prayer i continued to pray but those years were the biggest because it was just there was nothing i can do but give it to God. I went to the doctors all my, um, you know, uh, oxygen, gynecologist. And, you know, the only thing that they did notice that I had like a couple of small um, fibroids, but nothing concerning. I had um, three small uh, fibroids the size of a, you know, like a penny or something like that. So they were like very insignificant, you know, it wasn't, you know they said where the fibroids were they said there it was not an issue as far as uh, for me to conceive a child um you know and they told me fibroids were very common especially amongst african african-american women you know so it was the fibroids i just put in the back burner it was like they're not concerned about it so i shouldn't be concerned about it so i All just right. still couldn't figure out what was you know causing um this time of infertility, why we couldn't conceive, Um, you know, so, um, so what ended up happening is we decided, um, I think maybe after, uh, we waited kind of a while, usually a lot of uh, women um, after a year or two, if they're having difficulty conceiving, they start infertility treatment. Um, We started a little later, uh, we waited about five years after, um, about four to five years after, um, because I just wanted, you know, to give myself a little bit of time and just having faith, you know, that it's just going to happen, you know?
0: Right. Um,
1: yeah. so we decided, and especially infertility, um, it cost. that's nothing. A lot of people don't talk about it's, uh, right. you know, you don't, if your insurance doesn't cover it, which our insurance didn't, um, it was, we had to save up for it. You know, we're talking about, you know, nearly about twenty to $25,000, you know? Wow. Yeah. yeah, so that was, so those five years is not, I didn't have a choice. I had to wait <laughs> five right. years before I started to save that money, you know, to start that because, you know, we just couldn't do it right away. Um, So we did our due diligence, we did our research, we saved our money, and um, we decided to start fertility treatment spring 2017. Um, So we started with um, the intrauterine insemination, it's a type of fertility treatment that involves placing a sperm inside a woman's uterus. Um, So we started that, that one is less invasive, Um, so we we did that 2017, and um, unfortunately, I, 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 the results didn't come out promising. I was not pregnant, um, so we decided to take the next step further, and we started um, IVF fall 2017. And IVF stands for in vitro fertilization. Um, it's a medical procedure where an egg is fertilized by a sperm, usually in like a, a, like a tray or a petri dish or a test tube um, or anything out, outside of the body. Um, so we did that. Um, and that was pretty invasive. <laughs> Mentally, physically, for me, I don't know for other women, um, it might be a little different, but for me, it was it was a big step and there was a lot involved with that. You know, they had to retrieve uh, my eggs and then, you know, you had to fertilize eggs to create the embryos. And then, you know, finally the embryos, um, they were able to implant that into my uterus. And then luckily, well, I don't want to say luckily, but by the blessings of God that I was um, with the first IVF. Um, round, I because we conceived our first child for the very first time, you know, after you know five years of marriage, this was the first time that I was pregnant. You know, I was beyond excited, I was shocked, I was ecstatic, and I'm like, This is it, you know, right. um, I'm like, You know, everything worked out, you know. Um, so during that time, um, twenty seventeen, um, you know, we were going to the fertility doctor, getting our ultrasound, seeing we saw the baby's heartbeat, um, you know, and I'm um, just doing our regular tests, and you know, and then come around uh, six, about six, seven weeks, I started feeling these sharp discomfort. Um, you know, pain, um, and I—I I didn't know what to, you know. Ex- I didn't expect that to happen. You know, this particular pain. Um, so I went to I, and the, immediately when I felt this pain, I was like, "Oh my goodness, um, I may be possibly losing the baby." You know, like so, I was like extremely terrified. So. Um, I went to the doctor and they did like a transvaginal ultrasound. And what they noticed was that what was happening was the fibroids was infarcting. So the fibroids was pretty much, they are, you know, benign tumors. And uh, for whatever reason, um, during pregnancy, fibroids starts to, um, they grow, You know, so apparently the fibroids that I had in me that I didn't pay any mind to over the years because doctors told me that I didn't have to started reacting um, and started reacting in a way that it was just like causing these type of contractions, like mind blowing, unbearable pain. You know, like I was in the middle of the night, like crying doctors pretty much told me that, you know, there was nothing they can do about it. You know, um, just give me some pain relief medication. And that was that. They said that the the pain would be temporary. You know, um, it usually is, you know, as the pregnancy, you know, goes along that it would kind of subside and go away. You know, so I was trying to be, you know, be the tougher person and just kind of like, just go with it, take the pain. Um, And the pain just kept getting worse and worse. And I'm like, this is not normal. You know, like, what? this is, I'm like, there's no reason why these fibroids should be causing these type of pains. So um, I kept going back and forth to the doctor, you know, and and again, they kept telling me the same thing, that there was nothing that they can do, only give me pain relief. Um, And then after a few weeks uh, about, I believe I was about seven or eight weeks gestation at the time, you know, I had my first um, miscarriage, you know, and my first loss. And I can't even tell you how heartbreaking it was. Um, it's, It's the most painful, no matter how many weeks you are, it's the most painful experience emotionally and physically you know, and I remember, you know, like when it happened, I was at work, Tamaya. You know, oh wow, yes, I was at work, um, and that that would I remember being at a meeting that was coordinating, um, and I was just sitting there, you know, at that meeting, knowing that I'm having a miscarriage. You know, right. Because wow. you just feel it, you know. Like, you know what's happening. Like, on previous days, like, I saw spotting, you know, um, so I knew it was possible, but I knew it was going to happen right then and there, you know? I still was hopeful that, you know, everything was going to be okay. Um, Yes. But I remember sitting through that meeting, like, and my boss looked at my face, like, I was pretty much, like, just pale. Out of it, I'm sure. Out of it. So... I don't know, God gave me the strength to hop on my car. I left work early that day, obviously. And um, I went straight to my doctor and the doctor confirmed, um, they did like an ultrasound and everything and confirmed that the baby's heart rate was, um, the heartbeat was low um, than it should be. And that definitely the, that I was experiencing uh, a miscarriage um so I just went home and it just happened naturally there at home and it was just like a numbing experience you know it I felt like I was out of my body out of my mind you know um I felt my husband oh he was so supportive um so supportive you know he left work early and really helped me through it because i i don't see how i could have done it on my own just dealing with the pain the emotional pain um but that was uh that was my first experience um in dealing with um our first loss you know and it felt like a double edged sword because it was like we waited this long you know right mm-hmm. um nearly five years we waited and we had a, a green light we were excited and then the red light came you know right. really and it was so disappointing and I felt I had so many different emotions I felt like you know we invested so much time with the IVF and invested so much money and You know, and just emotionally, I just wanted to have a child. You know, I just wanted, we just wanted to have a a baby, you know, regardless how the baby came. We just wanted to have a baby. And just when we heard that great news, it just, it was gone just like that. So um, it was tough. And I just, you know, again, no one really talked to me about, you know, miscarriage. I had no experience about anyone you know, in my family or friends um, that experience. so I had no one to really share this. And I was really, I really didn't, that my first mission I didn't share with anyone, you know, I really kept it to myself and my husband, mm-hmm. you know, even my own mother, you know, close family. I did not share that because I felt s- such shame, you know, especially that my entire family has been waiting for us to have children, you know, so I didn't want to tell them and then, them get disappointed Um, but I know they wouldn't have been disappointed they would have been extremely you know emotionally upset for me um, and sad for me but it just it was that thought so I kind of what I did the next the next thing that I did was probably the most um, uh, detrimental thing that I did for my mental health was kind of you know dealt with the loss poorly you know um i just acted as if it didn't happen you know Mm -hmm. i just went back to work you know a few days later and just immersed myself in work and worked (laughs) and worked and um did not seek any type of counseling or support from anyone um again i just kept it to myself as if it didn't happen and i felt that that those following months, I was, I had extreme anxiety, you know, mm-hmm. heart palpitations. Um, I was <laughs> miserable at work um, for a lot of different reasons, but, you know, I just right. wasn't happy. Um, and it just, and, mm-hmm.
0: I'm sorry, if I could just interject, um,
1: because I'm
0: sure people, I mean, a lot of people might not know this about you, mm-hmm. Um and please correct me if I'm wrong for assuming, but you worked um, in an environment that was around a lot of children and pregnant women and mothers and things like that, so I could only imagine going through what mm-hmm. you just described you went through, and mm-hmm. then, like you said going you know returning back to work and then being in this
1: environment you know what that's funny that you mentioned that honestly I that didn't affect me you know okay yeah working around I felt like that kind of gave me some hope honestly you know I think and that's why I immersed myself so much in the work that I did and I put so much passion and love into it because I it gave me hope and it gave me some some strength, you know? Um, I, I think I was more um, unhappy at work for, it for other reasons, work-related, right. <laughs> you know, just being in a very unhealthy, toxic environment, but the work mm-hmm. itself, you know, that was my passion. I loved it, you know, I love working with pregnant women, postpartum women, and doing these awesome events, and counseling. I enjoyed that, and I put my heart into that. So um, I I didn't take it, it didn't affect me, honestly. And I thought it would. So that's, I'm glad that you brought that up, because for me, for many other women, it may affect them, you know, it may be triggering, you know, but mm-hmm. that definitely wasn't triggered. It more was, um, it definitely gave me strength, and um, gave me hope. Um, Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was my first experience with, um, that miscarriage. Um, and then, so we gave ourselves some time in between. Um, and I was really upset because I was like, these fibroids were an issue, you know, and I spoke to my doctor after the loss. I'm like, you know, apparently these fibroids are a problem because they were a problem this pregnancy, if they were a thing causing these pains, you know, I can only imagine it may cause problems in future pregnancies, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. you don't need, it's just common sense, you don't need like science to kind of, you know, um, make sense out of that, but, mm-hmm. you know, the doctor reassured me, said that, you know, again, many, they said, reassured me, many women like myself, you know, have fibroids, um, minds were very small, they were not, um, in the location where it would be an issue for me to conceive, you know. Um, so that kind of, you know, so my immediately, I, you know, I wanted to have them surgically removed, but, you know, yeah. they were okay with me getting them surgically removed, but they felt like it wasn't medically necessary. So, okay. you know, and using those words, um, so I, you know, I talked to my husband about it, and I'm like, well, if a doctor's telling me that it's not really medically necessary, why well, I'm gonna put my body through surgery. I'd never had surgery before, you know, and I didn't want the surgery to cause any other future problems, you know. So we held off on the surgery and we decided that we were going to try our second round of IVF the following fall. Um, and we were successful. Um, we, uh, end up being pregnant with twins, um, which was a double blessing, you know? So again, um, super excited. Um, and we were, you know, but at the same time, fearful, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I was terrified, scared, um, you know, like, a walking on eggshells, you know, just hoping that, um, What happened the first time don't happen again and especially I'm carrying twins now you know a boy and a girl um so this pregnancy was definitely different um that pregnancy was different um it it went further you know like a little longer um you know and um in the beginning you know I you know, the first, what I I don't remember the weeks, but probably the first 10 weeks or I think up to 14, 15 weeks, whatever, you know, um, in my first trimester, I felt good, you know? I was home, um, you know? I didn't feel the pains of the fibroids. I'm like, this is looking great, you know? Um, And we were getting excited, like getting excited, getting ready to make the big announcement to our family and our friends, you know. And I was like, wow, this is it. And then, you know, um, as we got got closer to the holidays, I remember it was like around Christmas time. I woke up feeling those same um, fibroid pains again. Mm -hmm. Um, It was very sharp, like like stabbing pains, you know, and this time it was far, it was worse, you know, um, and I, again, kept going to the emergency room, kept going to the doctor and then telling me the same thing that this is very well, the fib- the fibroids are infarcting. Um, you know, it should pass, shouldn't be a problem. Um, we have these pain relief medication that you could take that won't harm the babies. Um, you know, and you just kind of pretty much got to stick it through, you know. So I I just kept praying. I just, we were, you know, in deep prayer, you know, just kept praying, you know, just holding on to my belly and just asking, praying to God and asking God, please, you know, whatever you can do, please help, you know, help me with these babies, you know, because there's nothing that the doctors can do. There's nothing additional that I can do to reduce this pain remove the pain so um as you know weeks went on I think this was uh at this time I was probably about 17 weeks um I felt uh uh this time an unusual pain um it felt like what was just it felt like more of contractions not like mm-hmm. the stabbing pains it felt like I was experiencing contractions um, and I, actually I felt like water um, trickling um, uh, in my underwear. So um, I immediately went to the, you know, drove myself, <laughs> you know, thinking that I was just experiencing, you know, the fibroid pains, not knowing any better. Um, drove Sorry. myself to the hospital, into the emergency room and um they told me that I that one of the babies um I had lost one of the babies. Um baby girl. We had named her Adeline. Um so I'm sorry if I keep pausing in between. <laughs> I'm just
0: No, please take your time.
1: It's just kind of taking me, you know, down the memory that's lane. that is very that's difficult. Yeah. Um I'm trying to get all my thoughts together because I want to try to get all the details out, but it is difficult. Um, we, you know, I was told, and I, it, I was when they told me that it's not what I expected to hear. You know, um, right. that we lost our baby girl, um, and then what was to follow was. Um, there might be a chance that we might lose our baby boy, Adam. Um, So uh, what the doctor told us was um, we had like a, uh, what we experienced at 17 was a premature uh, preterm uh, rupture of the membrane. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's when the membrane ruptures occurs before labor. Um, and before 37 weeks of gestation. Um, so that's pretty much what happened. And um, the membrane had ruptured and we had lost baby girl. Baby boy was still alive at the time with a strong heartbeat, um, but they didn't know what caused the rupture of our baby girl. So they were if, if, if it was an infection, they feared that the infection may eventually get um, to um, our baby boy, um, but only time could tell. So what they decided to do was to give us the, the best chance, our baby Adam, the best chance was to do a procedure called the cerclage. Um, and this is a medical procedure where uh, it's like a single stitch is um, placed around the cervix. Um, so that because pretty much I was dilated, you know, I had, my cervix was open slightly, so they had to close it so that, um, to, so that the baby, Adam, um, could have the best chance of surviving. Um, but the chances were, they told me from the beginning that it wasn't very likely, but, you know, they, they were hoping that, um, he would survive it. Um, so about, you know, so the next couple of weeks, you can only imagine Tamaya, you know, um, you know, after getting the circlage done and being in the hospital for days, um, and then finally going home, just being in this place of terror, <laughs> you know, right. just every day, just like trying to be positive and trying to be prayful and um just imagining good thoughts, you know, imagining me holding Adam, imagining me, you know, um, as my belly's growing bigger and bigger, you know, just hoping for the best. You know, I'm like, this cannot happen again. It's not going to happen again. We're going to have a miracle. And when we, surely, when we reached about 20 weeks with Adam, um, Uh, Unfortunately, you know, I had to be rushed to the hospital. Um, The doctor, uh, at the time I was having a, I had like a fever and um, they feared that an infection had gotten to um, the uterus. Um, And And they said that I had to, um, I'm sorry.
0: No. They, they were fearful that the,
1: the infection got to the uterus. So um, I pretty much had to terminate the pregnancy. Um, that was the hardest thing I had to do. The doctor said that if I did not, I may go, You know, you know, have a blood infection which can lead to death um Mm -hmm. so it's just it was out of my hands you know it was the last thing that I ever wanted to do um but it had to be done um and you know we lost you know Adam that night and you know both with um with both my children Adam and Adam Adam and Adeline you know um I had the opportunity to hold them both, you know, um, and and this is nothing that I was prepared for, you know, nothing that I thought people even did, you know. Like right. I didn't know that you could hold your baby, you know, after such a loss, you know. And they allowed me to do that and spend and hold them as long as I wanted to, and um, they did offer like, you know, to have like a proper burial service uh, for the both of them. But I just, at the time, I just was at a loss, you know, I didn't, I didn't know that this happened, you know, that there were um, ceremonies and burial service, like I didn't know how to prepare for that, you know, Um, and I wish I did, you know, but I do carry their memories in different ways. So it's fine, but you know it's just I was in a police sh- in complete shock, you know. So when they asked me immediately about you know um, burial and having the ceremony, I just was not in that headspace to do that. Um, yes. Yeah, but I do have the hospital and a big shout out to uh, Virtual Hospital hoping perinatal bereavement program. You know, they have such a great program where they support moms who suffer such losses and they have these beautiful um, care packages. I think they receive donations, you know, um, where they create these beautiful care packages of these beautiful boxes and um, that they have, where I have my, where we have Adam and Adeline, their little hats and we have pictures, we have um, little flower seeds. Um, and just little, you know, little tokens of, you know, cherished memories that we can always have always, you know, so I'm grateful that they have that because, you know, after even you know, after a year months, you know, I will go and just kind of have my time, you know, and right. continue to mourn, you know, um, that loss with those little trinkets that, you know, I think those little things really help, um, help me to grieve. Um, the way I needed to grieve. So I'm definitely grateful how uh, Virtual Hospital handled that. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you had any comments. I know I've been going on and on. (laughs) Um, Oh, no, I mean,
0: I'm just listening to your journey mm -hmm. and your strength, honestly. Mm -hmm. And, You mentioned earlier in the beginning of your conversation just how supportive your husband was, and that just made me even think about, um, I mean, I know um, there are some supports for women who experience loss, even though we don't talk about it as much, but I couldn't help but think about the man or the father of a child who um, may be lost Mm -hmm. Um, so Mm -hmm. that was just on my mind as well Mm -hmm. um and I also don't know if I told you Mm -hmm. um but I'm actually training right now um to become a pregnancy and infant loss um advocate the whole course oh wow Um, that's awesome it is I mean the course is rich with information Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. um like you said like you didn't even know that you could hold, um, the babies after, um, delivering mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. or others in mm-hmm. this situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are the things that mm-hmm. we're being taught that the average person does not know. right? Um, and so we definitely, or my hope is that this information, um, even if it's not from this podcast, but mm-hmm. just the information regarding loss and the process, mm-hmm. the process and mm-hmm. um, options that mm-hmm. families will have mm-hmm. is made normalized. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's is that's and this is why, you know, I gave my, you know, <laughs> I prayed, you know, before even joining, you know, because I know it's going to be difficult you know, but I know it's bigger than me, you know, there's, yeah. you know, yeah. I just want to share this story, you know, my experience to let people know that this is what it can look like, you know, because just knowing can be some sort of a strength at the same time, you know, yes, you mm-hmm. know, it can be it such does. a great strength, just knowing just a little bit. So, yeah, yeah so to continue, um, you know, um, after um, the loss of our twins, um, you know, it was a difficult time, um, you know. But this time, I told myself, even from the hospital, you know, and I spoke to the hospital social worker. She was great. Um, I told her, I have to be intentional about seeking help, you know, right. because, this was beyond me. (laughs) You know, this is, I've never experienced anything like this ever in my life. You know, this type of loss or grief, it was just beyond me. I don't know anyone who has. So it was like, there was really no one I can really turn to. My husband, super loving, super supportive, but there was little that he knew about this himself, you know? right? So immediately, you know, I wasted no time. i as soon as I got home, I started looking up, you know, I think even from the hospital, looking up like counselors um, mm-hmm. that I can, you know, reach out to immediately to get support, you know, because I started feeling all the stages, you know, denial, you know, um, feeling numb and shocked, not believing, you know, that this happened to me, why me, you know, and feeling Angry, angry at, you know, myself for not, you know, removing the fibroids sooner, you know, um, angry at the healthcare providers, you know, for various reasons, um, bar- bargaining with myself, like, what if I had the fibroids removed, you know, maybe my twins would have been here today, you know, um, and then feeling depressed, you know, just, again these emotions that i've never experienced before like having the uncontrollable tears and you know right. being fearful of triggers you know i was fearful you you brought it up earlier i was fearful like would i be able to face a pregnant woman you know right. would i be mm-hmm. able to go to a baby shower which i love i love going to baby showers i love organizing baby showers you know so right. i was fearful of these possible triggers that um, I saw and read, you know, from different uh, social medias, like, uh, loss groups, that when the mom going through these type of triggers, and I'm like, that's not me, I don't want to, exhibit. you know, maternal child health is like my life, you know, yes. I don't want to go through those triggers, you know, so it was important for me to process this the best way. In a healthy way. You know, so I finally reached a place where, you know, I was just really intentional about, you know, my faith, you know, and just accepting that what happened happened. And what happened was for my good, you know. Um, and I had to accept that. Um, you know, so I continued, I found a counselor, I got professional help, which helped me so much. Um and you know, I did you know, basic self care, um, doing yoga, you know, reading my daily devotionals and um, prayers, um, doing workouts, fitness workout, and journaling was my biggest one. Journaling helped me so much. You know, I sometimes even go back and I I read you know what I wrote then. I'm like, oh my gosh, this was like a purging, and it was so cleansing for me at the time. Um, so journaling was a big help. Um, and we did some traveling, which was super helpful. Um uh, I, mean, I was super grateful that we could do that at that time because I was super worried that this would affect our marriage. You know, so many right. things I hear that um loss and um can be a huge detriment to one's marriage and relationship. But, you know, by the grace of God we talked it through. We 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 had a great Uh, foundation of communication, you know, and again, my husband's super supportive and he just wanted to help me, you know, um, in any way possible to help us get through it, you know? So by the grace of God, we didn't have any issues or, um, you know, difficulties in our marriage, um, through this. Um, so I'm grateful to God with that. So, um, yeah, so that was pretty much it just to kind of, Wrap it up a little bit, um, you know, after the after a few months, um, we, I decided to get the fibroids removed. So that May, so we had um, the loss in th- that January, and then we had the fibroids removed that May. And again, remember I told you in the beginning that the doctors always told me it was like three fibroids the size of a, you know, very small. Um, right. You know, and I end up removing what they told me was three, they end up removing 11 fibroids. Oh, my. Yeah. Um, so I don't know why, you know, I was told otherwise. You know, I don't, I think um, maybe where they were placed, it was not something that was visible for the doctors okay. um, to see. So, you know, so I got that, all those fibroids removed. May 2019, and then without um, fertility treatment um, or any assistance whatsoever, by the grace of God, that September 2019 we conceived Maddie. Oh! Without any treatments, without any, just it just happened. You know, so this is why this story is so important to me. And this is why, you know, I had to share this with you because it's just not an ordinary story, you know, it's and um, it is important that, you know, that's why I mentioned women's health. You know, checks are very important. You know, always ask for a second opinion. You know, if something's not right, always go with your instinct, you know, um. Um, you know, I don't sit here with regret, like I should have did this, should have did that, you know, I'm glad that I had them removed, and, you know, we were able to, without any problems, or without treatments, or any, you know, financial, you know, breaking the bank, you know, you know, we have our little Maddie now, you know, so, you know, my, I just want to conclude just to share with you know, not only with moms, but also with the dads, because dads are going through too. When yes. a woman is experiencing the loss, the, the father's experiencing the loss with the mom as well. You know, so that's a very important for everyone to know. Um, a lot of the times the men like to kind of, you know, show that they, you know, they, their strength and cover, you know, hide their emotions, but they're going through in different ways. You know, so I just want to say, don't be afraid to speak to someone regarding your pains and fears. Um, Silence can be the most painful experience, you know, and I like to say, when I thought I was sinking through those years of infertility and losses, you know, God was using my experience to graduate my vision. I believe that, Tamaya, you know, and I believe God used those painful years as an opportunity to one day resurrect someone's hope, you know, yes, and wow. I hope through this podcast, you know, yeah. um, it will get out there, you know, this is my first time, you know, sharing my story like this. <laughs> so um, I'm, I know I was a bit nervous, you know, um, but I'm glad that I did it and I'm glad that you, you know, I'm sharing it, you know, you're the one behind the podcast, you know, Um, And I can share with you because you, you know, knew you were there in my journey, you know, um, and you were there um, writing my name on a sticky note, you know, praying (laughs) and praying for me, Tamaya, that, you know, that it will happen. So I thank you, you know, and I thank you for manifesting, you know, these prayers, um, because it definitely... God heard those prayers, you know, and brought us our baby girl that we are so grateful and so happy to have, you know. Yes, I just wanted to thank you. Yes,
0: thank you. No, I am thanking you and I just want to put in another plug (laughs) because in the midst of you healing and preparing for your um, surgery, for your fibroids to be removed, that's when you hosted a um, a mommy and oh, me right. <laughs> tea and or the mothers tea. Yes, and, um, yes, I would like to um, commend your strength for that. Um, but I don't only want to commend your strength and and discredit everything that you had to go through to get there. But um, I mean, your story. Uh, thank you. I mean, I'm. I didn't even have enough words of gratitude um, for for you just sharing that with m- even me. I mean, I know this is a podcast and many mm-hmm. will listen, but um, thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful um, even for your pauses and this being your first day. There was no need to be nervous. You did great. <laughs> um, thank you. But no, Thank you so much. And um, like we both talked about earlier, if anyone is listening um, and they have gone through something like this, we just want to encourage you to be gentle with yourself, yes. seek um, counseling so you can yes. begin your healing journey and to have faith and hope, um, but also if you're expecting or or soon will be um, and you might get similar news to this to again get a second opinion and um you know go from there ask a lot of questions things that you don't understand um and all of that good stuff <laughs> <I>
1: <laughs> totally so, agree. Um, mm-hmm.
0: if you have any um closing words or even if you have any um social media, if anyone wants to reach you or contact you or learn a little bit more about your organization, please share that now. Mm -hmm. Um, If anyone has any follow-up questions or comments, you can reach out via the contact information that Gurleen shares or you can reach out to me and I'll either get the information to her or connect whatever is um, necessary. Um, But yes.
1: Yes, so you can reach me at LAMP, L-A-M-P, number four, change, at Gmail. Um, and you can look me up, my um, non-for-profit organization's called Latin Americans for Medical Progress. Um, and you can find that um, at lampforchange.org. Um, and under that, we have a, a maternal and child health um, initiative, called Mama Shine, you know, so uh, you can look us up. Um, We're always looking for volunteers. Um, We're also always looking for ways to be a support to um, women um, in our community, women of childbearing age. Um, So please check us out. Um, Again, please feel free to email me if you ever if you just need someone to talk to, you know, um, I'm definitely very responsive. And um, again, this is very important to me and to all the future moms and current moms, you know, who's been through this. Don't give up hope. Be kind to yourself and be gentle to yourself. You know, you'll get through this, and just believe. Just be hopeful. That's all I can say. Be hopeful and don't let your pain consume you. Just be in a place of gratitude. You know, don't lose yourself in your pain. You know, things will get better.
0: Thank you. Thank Thank you you. for that. So Mm -hmm. until next time, guys, I hope you all have. An awesome day night if you're driving in the car cleaning your house these are some of the things people tell me they do when they're listening to this episode so I hope you all enjoy and take care